Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve for my forefathers, with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Great the desire to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwell first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou serp the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Verse 7 is where I'm going. For God, say it with me, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and sound mind. Look what God gave. God gave you power, God gave you love, and God gave you a sound mind. And He said, I didn't give you the spirit of fear. So if you got that, you surely get that from me. For He's saying, I'm not responsible for your fears. Well, I know I gave you power. I gave you love. I gave you a sound mind. We're going to pray together. If I start sniffing, turn the camera off. If I finish sniffing, put it back on. Lord Jesus, we give God the glory for this great story of salvation. The blessing of the Lord is here. It's in the atmosphere. We hear stories tonight of the magnificent actions of God as He worked for His people. Great is the Lord and great to be praised. We give you the praise tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. My Bible stood tonight about fear factor. Have you seen it? Fear factor. If you're tired of being afraid, then tonight is your night. If you're tired of being driven by fear and governed by fear, then this is your night. Now, I like the foundation that was in the background of the life of Timothy. Paul says, Timothy, I know your prayer life. Now, I know you got it from. You got it from your mother. And your mother got it from her, from her mother. And he said, now, Timothy, I see you were exposed to some fears. He said, you didn't get that from your mama or your grandmother. That's not what you got from them. But he said, they gave you the faith that they had faith that was transmitted down throughout the family line. And now I'm persuaded that faith is in thee also. He says, Timothy, I want to remind you that you got a gift from God. You have a gift from God. And that gift, by the putting on of hands, you got it. And you must not neglect that gift, but stir it up. Now he said, look, God did not give you. Folks, we should stop it for a while. Get on that. God did not give you the spirit of fear. Anybody in this church have fear right now? Because I said, I did not give you that. 
I'm not responsible for that in your life. God did not give you the spirit of fear. That's not, that's not God's gift. But God gave you power. God gave you love. And God gave you a sound mind. It can't be said, anybody who have fear, you're talking about somebody who's tormented. First John 4.18 says, perfect love, what? Cast all fear, because fear has torment. That's what he's trying to say to us. Amen. And and, and really, in, in Proverbs, talking about perfect love and fear. So love and fear can't go together. Hello? But there's no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. Now, we got electricians here, our work electrical system. I respect electricity. I got a fear for it that is my safety code. I respect it because it can damage me. I've been in confrontation before with electrical power. I know what it can do, but I've never been toasted and fried by it before. But I've been hit by it. It reminds me never to do it again. Stand back and respect it. Now, that kind of fear is intelligent fear. Don't mess with it. And if you go to the cliff, and you're looking down, it's too steep and far down, and you feel a concern for your safety, a fear comes on. That fear factor is not destructive, it's constructive. It's telling you to back off. Danger. If you are getting involved in something sinful, and your heart starts to race, like 20 or 50 miles an hour. And one jump on your chest, that's God putting the alarm on, telling you something is wrong. And you should back off. Or if you go into the woods and you hear some sound of wild beasts coming towards you, fear comes on you. Well, I, I don't want you to stand this well, I'm not afraid. I'm going to face on with you. You better know what you're talking about, with a shotgun or something like that. That, that beast going to tear you apart. That kind of fear is okay. But the fear he's talking about is the fear that is not has nothing to do with your safety. It's fear that caused disequilibrium in your basic lifestyle. It caused you to go through psychological rearrangement of self. I'm talking about fear that's tormenting. Fear that produce anxiety. Well, how do you describe fear? Fear, I'll, we'll explain later on what fear is all about. But we know the origin of fear started with Adam and Eve. They first told God we were afraid. And to God's surprise, why were you afraid of me? We should talk before. Why are you not afraid of me? And they said, well, we were naked and we felt fear. He said, well, did you eat from that? And God began to lick that fear with an activity of Adam and Eve. He's asking a question which you know the answer to. It's a rhetorical question. And then you know what went on. We had to blame each other. 
Well, they had anxiety, they concern, and it broke relationship. And that's where fear started. They feared God and were afraid of Him. They thought God was going to kill them or hurt them. And God so loved and covered them and sent them out. But fear started there. Now, if you want to talk about fear, i got a few listing here, and the list is extremely long. They call it, you know, phobias. you got agoraphobia and all the different phobias. Some people fear insects. Some fear rats, birds, and rodents, and all these things. But now, there's a, some people got fear of public speaking. They're afraid to do what I'm doing right now. To put them back here is like an execution. They can't face the public. Even their own familiar surroundings. They can't stand talking to their own peers. Some people are fearful of rejection, shame. Some are fearful of abandonment, isolation, loneliness. Some are fearful of the unknown. And some are fearful of loss of control. Others are just fearful of their past failures. And the list goes on. Now, in the USA, a survey was done on X number of people. And the number one fear of the populace that they examined was public speaking. You notice our boys come up here and they talk and they preach and they overcome fear. Now, many adults cannot do that. Many adults will probably faint or fall apart. Just come right here and stand before the public and speak. Now, these kids gladly see that they have no inhibitions. They come right up and they do it and they sit down. But others will be sweating, losing weight, have a heart attack, Go through anxiety attack, you know, and mumble and fumble and forgot the English language and amnesia and the whole list of other things. That's what God's talking about. Where does that fear come from? Where does that fear come from? Is that fear legitimate? Alright? Now, even though God said, I didn't give that to you, so I'm not responsible for that fear that you have. It's not from now, I put it this way. Fear equals torment. Mental torture. I've got to face this. I've got to come across this. I don't want to do this. And the fear multiplies. And the anxiety increases. And the panic attack comes on. And next thing you know, you got somebody on the lunar fringe. Somebody that needs the paramedics. Some people rather commit suicide than face a public audience. Some rather quit their job than talk to their own staff. People fear. The fear factor. Alright? Now, why do people feel such fear? Could it be because they do not have certain information in their mind? But God doesn't want us to have the fear they're talking about. Look at Abraham. In chapter 15, verse 1, Abraham just won a tremendous battle. It's amazing. He won a battle a while ago, and now he looked at the seven nations, and fear gripped his heart. Look what God said to him in chapter 15 of Genesis, verse 1. God began to encourage him and say, Look, Abraham, you are a man of promise. You haven't even had your sons yet and daughters. 
and you are fearing that a man's going to kill you? If I told you you're going to be a father, and at this moment you're not a father, then you have no reason to believe he's going to die even at this moment. Because the promise is more sure than his anxiety. Amen. God said, look, Abraham, fear not, Abraham, I am thy lotus. Shield. Obviously, Abraham don't believe that or know that. I am thy shield and thy exceeding reward. Why? Because Abraham was afraid. And the Lord said, why are you afraid, Abraham? I'm with you. I'm there to protect you. In chapter 20 and verse 3 of the book of Deuteronomy, go there, please. I want you to notice here, here's Israel and the people of God. And the Lord said, Hear, O Israel, I don't want you to be afraid. Don't be faint of heart. Fear not. Put it back up, please. Don't be faint of heart. Do not tremble. Neither be terrified of this crowd that you're faced with. In other words, don't be afraid. Obviously, Abraham and Israel were sure if God is in the protective mode of taking care of their lives. Joshua had to also fear that also. He would have fear also. In chapter 8 of the book of Joshua and verse 1. Let's turn there, please. Joshua 8 and verse 1. Seventy-five times the Bible have these words written. Fear not. All his people, fear not. You know the end time, men's heart will be failing them for what? Fear. Because of the thing they see coming upon the earth. Now, here's God speaking to Joshua. And the Lord said to Joshua, Fear not, neither be dismayed. Don't be dismayed. Take all the people of war and go, because Ahai is not going to win the battle. Now, no doubt, Joshua was outnumbered. No doubt the odds seem against Joshua. And when the odds are against you, what do you think you believe? You're doomed. We think it's all over. Israel saw the giants and concluded, in, 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 in their eyes, we were like grasshoppers. Now, the giant didn't say that, but they supposed that. That's how they think about them. Uh, we are in their eyes as little grasshoppers. In other words, they'll just step on us and we'll be gone. And for 40 years, they paid the consequence of their fear. Mental, social, and spiritual. Fear gripped their hearts. That they would not even believe God. Even though God and Moses and the two told them, We can. We will. Fear not. Let's go get it. So no, we can and they rather rebel than submit. Some people rather quit than cooperate. To the fear. The fear factor. Alright? Joshua 10, 25. All throughout the scripture, God's trying to tell Joshua, fear not. As I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. You don't have nothing to worry about. You're not standing alone. Even though you can't see me, I'm there, the invisible presence of the shield of God. 
And Joshua said to them, Fear not, or be dismayed. Be strong, and be of good courage. For thus shall the Lord do unto all your enemies against whom you fight. So, anybody who is afraid or fearful need to have a word of encouragement. But what if they don't want to receive it? I died drowning. You threw a rope at him. And he won't grab it. But still crying for help. Help. Well, I threw you a rope. You grab it. I gave you a stick. You would grab it. But you rather stay in an atmosphere of fear. Alright? Fear should be unwanted in the life of a child of God. Because it brings torment. It brings anxiety. It destabilizes. And if you're tired of, of uh, fear, at least claim one of those sanctified promises that says, I don't need to fear. Fear not. In fact, the first thing I should say to myself is, hey, God didn't give me this fear. Why am I afraid? Why am I afraid? When I was working in British Columbia, part-time, went back and flew, flew there and go back home, we had to cross over uh, this high bridge. And I got the Holy Ghost there. Those guys didn't have the Holy Ghost. And we knew that the train could come at us at any moment. We used to work for CN and on the train their tracks. And uh, the engineering company was, was employed to do some work for them on their bridge and so forth. And all I could think of is a train coming. And we're in the middle of there's nowhere to jump. If the train do come by, all I can do is go against the wall like this and sit back. And I wasn't very at ease. But those guys were just walking like normal. I began to talk to myself. I said, they don't have the Holy Ghost. And if we both got knocked now, they're going to hell, I'm going to heaven. What's wrong with me? I'm trying to talk myself into courage. <laughs> I'm trying to just find myself watching to stand there and not be afraid. I had to tell myself, what are you afraid of? No, I was scared because of the height dropping down there or being by, by the train. They weren't. And I thought, you know, well, they got no knowledge. They're fools. They're going to kill them. But I got knowledge. <laughs> Tell me, get out of this place. It's, I don't want to be here. <laughs> and I pray to God a train wouldn't come by. No, it didn't come by. <coughs> but my fear came to the knowledge. But God also said, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. You know, when a kid gets bullied at school, and they skip school because of it, it's not a fear. Or when they do certain escapism that interfere their learning is fear. And that's why mom and dad have to go and counteract that. So that fear didn't come from daddy. That fear didn't come from mommy. Look where that fear came from. An outsider who could just be bluffing you and cause you to become panic attack driven or full anxiety and cause you to become destabilized. But the devil is the author of fear. He wants us to be afraid when there's no need to be afraid. Alright? Look at verse 25 again, Joshua. God told Israel, don't be afraid. Because Israel is known for being afraid. In Egypt, they wouldn't face Pharaoh. When they came to the Red Sea, they were afraid. 
When they cross it, they're afraid there's no food. They're always fearful of life challenges. Never one time said, let's pray about it. Let's call upon God. And always resort to panic and or rebellion or anarchy. But God gave us authority. God gave Adam and Eve authority and trickled down to us too. We have authority. God gave us dominion over this earth. God gave us power over this earth. And God gave Christians a weapon for war. Now, we, if we're ignorant of the authority that we have and the dominion and the power and the weapon God gave us, we will be afraid. Now, if afraid, the Bible says, in war, with a shield and a sword, turned his back and ran. <laughs> Read Psalm 78. It's amazing how Ephraim did this. Rather take a stand and fight. And you're more vulnerable running away than going forward. Running back, you probably get killed easily with an arrow. Going forward, you can defend yourself. Alright? Now, God expects us to be strong and to be courageous. If you're ever going to overcome your adversary, you can't afford to be intimidated. And the devil is not a lion, but he acts like a roaring lion. Because the lion always paralyzes his victims by his voice. Roar! It's like thunder, and he cripples what he's going after long before he even gets to them. And that voice alone cripples them. Somebody said, look man, I'm not intimidated. You know, I, 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 you know, we call them, they'll tear a line apart. If they hear a line, they roar. You think they run from him, they run towards him. They'll crack his bone. They make the line run from them. Even though he's came in the jungle, those ahinos are very, very, very vicious. They're not afraid of a lion. And a lion, in fact, they'll take away a lion's food. They'll, they'll attack him and take away his food. And the lion will leave it right there. Because <laughs> those ahinos are, are deadly. They're dangerous. If they bite, they, they break that bone. <laughs> and they're, they're scared of them. But others hear the lion coming and they go. Take off running. The devil wants us to run and be afraid and be gun shot. But some of us say, God did not give me that fear. That fear didn't come from God. Listen, people come by in your presence and they'll intimidate you with their presence. All of a sudden, this was here. Well, who cares? I don't care. Don't, don't act. Don't react. But something that's fearful. Huh? Even their boss. Say so you guys are afraid of your boss. Your name is called. Oh, what's wrong? Start sweating. You're not even yet made known why you're called. But you're worried. Alright? Now, there's some basic reason why people are fearful. Here's one. We are fearful, number one, when we don't know the big picture. Like we are tonight. We have a need. Some folks think God will never answer it. But here's Abraham. Offer your son, your only begotten son. He's going to Mount Moriah. He's overcome his fear. And also Isaac. 
moment of fear. For they have no idea that God have another solution next door. But God was testing Abraham to see how much fear he had. Now the fear of the Lord is different than being afraid of the Lord. Amen. And so, when you can't see the big picture, and the devil, you can't see it, you're like, no, this you get destroyed. You get panicky and do the wrong thing. Give an example. Here's King Saul. Samuel told him, I'm going to meet you tomorrow about a certain time. And God deliberately delayed Samuel to test Saul. And the enemy started coming like a mighty force. You know, like, like a great army. They were a great army. And he was by himself with a few people. And he got forced into panic attack. You know what he said? You didn't come on time. He timed him. And also, I saw the enemy coming, and my people were panicking. And we have did offer a sacrifice. So I forced myself, and I did what I did. And Samuel said, You have just done foolishly. From that day, Saul kept going down, 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 down. Three hundred stuff. But Saul had no wisdom fear because he had a word from God that everything is going to be alright. God is never late. You may think you're a clock in time, God, but God doesn't exist in time. God lives in eternity. Amen. So God is always on time and when he showed up. Hello? I said God's always on time. But that fear, because he couldn't see the big picture, he or a fear he did what he shouldn't have done and messed up and lost his crown, lost his place, and lost everything, and God said, You just done foolish. That's right. People who are afraid always make bad mistakes. That's why Pilate always sounds so calm. The cockpit when the wind is coming. Oh, there'll be a bump down the road. I ain't on the bump, friend. I'm on the plane. I'm going to bump and it goes up and down. Hello? Another thump here and there. It's, it's, a, it's a real heavy bump. But they're taught not to show fear or not to act fearful. You know how they do that? Through a wind tunnel training. They capsize them and, you know, gyrate them like you do on these rides to show them how not to be afraid while they're flying because if they're afraid can't imagine the panic on the back so in their voice it's always calm the students are taught not to show their fear they know something's wrong but they can't show it to you always walk in a panic and guess what you can't jump off the plane but want to try which is even worse alright we fe- we're fearful when things seem unpredictable you came with the crystal ball, figure it out. You know what you want, but you don't know if it's going to happen. It's a lack of your own insight that makes you feel so fearful. We're also fearful when things seem to be out of our control. You know, it's nice to know I got switched to the bank more than my debt is, I can pay my debt. Or my wage is sufficient to meet my needs, I know I'm in control. But what about the situation when the situation or the circumstance seemingly beyond your control out of your realm of power and authority. What happened there? A fearful feeling comes on and panic seems to take over out of control and because we don't know the remedy we get fearful. 
Once you act out of fear, nothing you do makes sense. Nothing you do can be constructive. So, all right. So, number one, you want to write this out in your mind. We do things out of fear when we don't see the big picture. Well, Lord, how can this thing be? Maybe it never happened before. Now, Mary, after view the fact, people won't believe her. The stigma of having a child while being engaged to Joseph and to Joseph's baby. She doesn't know the big picture, but God told her, don't worry about it. And the first thing God told Joseph was, fear not to take to thyself your wife. God told him, don't be afraid, because he was afraid. He can't explain the pregnancy of Mary. It's not his. And he's not yet married, so he couldn't have cohabit with her, otherwise he'd be sitting. And she have a baby, and she shouldn't have one because she's not yet uh, married to the man. All right? So when our world seems unpredictable, we are fearful. Amen. When things seem out of control, and we have no remedy for staying in place, we don't know how we're going to pay the bill, how we're going to pay the mortgage, how to get, take rid of this child with a tantrum who just won't behave, and we have no remedy. That's when Satan will show up and speak. I mean, here's Job losing everything he's got, and his wife with unsolicited advice curse God and die. Because she doesn't know the rest of the story. That's her remedy. It was all based on. All right? We are fearful when we are trusting in the wrong thing. You've done it. It didn't work. Fell apart. You know it didn't seek help. You didn't seek God's counsel. You went on your own. And everything that you did went wrong. What are you supposed to do? Fear grips you. Amen. When we think we can handle it in our own way. Fear comes. Well, you know, the person who commits suicide, what do you think they're doing? They're handling it their own way. Because anybody they talk to is going to talk them out of it. And they don't want to be talked out of it. So when things, we think we can handle it our own way. You know, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but it leads to a You need to come to Camp Yogi. You're going to have a good study there like you've never heard before. Very good study. When we make excuses for our wrong, or when we lie to ourselves, fear hits us. Fear. When we don't know how and who the real enemy is, there's fear. You know I would if you come to my house tonight and see a shadow. Curious. If you have a weapon, you might be a lot more courageous. If you don't have one, curious. But we don't know who the enemy really is. Fear.
tired. All right? We are fearful when we do not use the tools given to us. It's available, don't use it. Just throw away your own thing. <laughs> hey, that's your faith supposed to be in your hand. You throw it overboard and go on shipwreck. Oh, you're supposed to use a shield of faith. Well, you throw it overboard, you go on shipwreck. Look what happened. You know, the Apostle Paul was on the seas with some men. He told them not to go on this journey because he said, I have, a, I have a premonition that things are going to go wrong. And they wouldn't listen to them. And supposedly they obtained their goal. And they went on calm and smooth. And then Eurachodon hit them. And then fear hits them. I believe it was in their mind, I should have listened. I shouldn't have bypassed the available help God has for me. Because the next point is, fear hits us when we reject the escape route God gave us. We reject God's plan, and like Frank Sinatra's song says, I did it my way. And now it's falling apart. Noah, moving fear, but the fear Noah had was not of being afraid of God. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom and knowledge. So when we reject God's plan, and go about, about our way. Now I've seen girls done this. I can tell you I want to get married. Me, Pastor, not me. I want to be single the rest of my life. You just lied. Because if you're a fact I'm saying that, maybe God can inspire me to tell you even what you're thinking. But they can't admit the fact they have this need. They lie about it. And if you know that you got on the road and married the wrong person, then fear hits them. Torment. Torment. The reason why I didn't get the job I was, you know, I offered to be when I first got saved. Well, I was being saved. I wasn't saved. I was being saved. I was complaining about baptizing Jesus' name. I didn't know the Holy Ghost yet. But I thought to myself, what if he's right? And I'm wrong. I'm going to lose out. And the dice was in favor of him than me. So I chose to his way. Looking back now, I know he was right. I was wrong. As a pastor, I've seen that now. I've been the people who reject the road of escape God gives them, and they go about it their own way. Alright? Uh, God wants you to do something about your fear. If you're fearful, I mean... The one that God said I didn't give you. If you're tired of it, then you must choose tonight to do something about it. Choose to do something about it. Why? Because God did not give you 
responsible for the fear that you have. And you know when people mess up for their lives, and now they're paying the consequence there after everybody reap what they sowed. Now don't get mad at me, don't throw stones at me. You had to write an article. But God said you reap what you sowed. You make bad decisions, you have to live with the fruit of it. It may take five years, ten years, fifteen years. And then the next problem is you may not want the social God give you for living with that problem. Because God may not choose to change the situation, but he may use the situation to change you. Lord, no, I lost you now. I just lost you. Do you know how many people I lost in church with that situation? Lots. Lots. I always blame me. I always blame me. I mean, the world was wrong. But God said, I did not give a spirit of fear. I gave you the spirit of sound mind. I gave you power. I gave you love. Seventy-five times, God said, "Fear not." How many more times do you want to hear that? Not only one time, two times. It was seventy-five times I told you, "Fear not." I turned to church tonight. I come to worship God. I could be afraid. I come to worship God. Some folks come to church and they're scared of what's going to be preached. They're scared of the song leader. They're scared of piano player, the drum player, the scare of all these different phobias. You wonder, well, why do you go to church? It's torment. Don't they bother go? Well, I fear testifying. Why? Are you lying? Perfect love casts away all Truth is what sells free. Now, most people, church or not, cannot take the truth. Truth is too in your face. Truth is not a good report as far as you're concerned. You're telling me things I don't want to hear. You're telling me smooth things. You know, some folks think by hiding from the past or the truth, they have you know, achieve their goals. No, they haven't achieved the goal. They go deeper in goals. Because that's a tool God gives them to deal with their situation. God gave them a tool called the, the ministry, a fivefold ministry is a tool God gives them to teach them wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and to show them the way they go. And most times, that's the person they dodge. That's the person they're the one to talk to. What one the ones was said about me. Oh, Pastor, you always have an answer. Is that a crime? But I always have an answer? You shouldn't worry about what I think of you. I'm not God. Worry about what God thinks of you. And he already formed an opinion already. So it's just too late that they're lying to you. Alright? Truth shall set a man free. John 8, 31, 32. Alright? Learn not to lead your own understanding. Nine out of ten times, my mind is lying to me. <laughs> God said, my way seemed right to me, but it's a lie. 
takes it to the priest. Ask him what God says. That's what David used to do. David never acted without first going to the urine of the stomach. Some folks got up and quit their job and walk away. And then suffer down the road. And God says, your problem, not mine. And they'll pray, 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 and God will listen. They're backslide. All they do is crazy and ask God. Expect God to rub a stamp and later on. Hey, you gotta realize, you know, you can ask God to, to rub a stamp what you you want to do, or find what He does want you to do. Because sometimes God says yes, and actors say no. Is God blind? No, because God knows what you're doing. God wants you to tell Him, and to tell you what you want to hear. So it's called delusion. And so they're trouble now. Now the fear sets in. Everything's going to collapse. One lady was telling about a story on the radio from Edmonton. She and her husband pay off all their bills, debt free. It came in their, in their mind to retire early. They did, and after, but they did. All of a sudden, sickness hit. Before the months were over, every saving they had was eaten up. Now they'll have no backups. No emergency funds. Now they're in the ditch. All of a sudden, now they need handouts. From a life of security to a life of dependency. You talk about fear. Those who feel the fear have to go to the soup line, the helpline. Why? Because somewhere they don't even understand it. But David always knew how to take it to the urine and the thumbing. And the only time he didn't do it was when he did two things. When he adultery, and when he counted Israel. He knew he shouldn't have counted Israel. And yet God tried to stop him anyway. God said, David, why are you doing that, man? It stinks. God said, David says, I'm king. I know what I want. God said, Fine. And all the time, God said, be quiet. I've learned by experience that God's quietness doesn't mean approval. He's watching to see what you're going to do. All right? We see. When they reject God's counsel, you know, I re- is it Proverbs 1? I think Proverbs 1 or one of those scriptures. says, I'll laugh when the calamity comes, when their fear comes, the whirlwind. And God said, I'm going to mock up them. Because he, he said, he's mocking when they're in fear. He said, you know why they're in fear? Because they wouldn't listen to me. I'm fine here for you. Let's go with me, please. I think it's Proverbs chapter 1. He said, I call, and they wouldn't answer me. Our world is in one day in fear. Chapter 1, and verse 21 to 33. And I said, When I call, they wouldn't answer. When I reach up my hand, they wouldn't have it. No, no, Pastor. I work in my own way. Eventually, it will sour. It just costs grief. And then fear comes. But God said, I am not responsible for that fear. David could not approach God after he numbered Israel. He was, he was afraid. That's not like David. David always ran to God's presence, jumped on his lap, and hugged him and kissed him. Daddy, daddy. But now he's scared of God. Ah! I can't talk to God. Oh! What 
a person can't talk to the pastor or can't talk to a significant individual, there's something wrong. There's an underlying cancer somewhere that only God knows because now our job to probe people's mind. What's revealing is for us to know. What's concealing is for God to know. Amen. And David could not go. So he had to go through a third party. But when David is in good harmony with God, I mean, David's up there with God, and dancing and shouting. Is that right? But why, why the fear? You see, Saul could not go to a priest, could go to a prophet Samuel. First of all, Samuel was afraid of Saul. And Saul was afraid of Samuel. Kind of strange, isn't it? I mean, God placed in our life a voice to teach us knowledge of good and evil. Which way we should go? Are you afraid of it? Something's wrong. The thing is, you don't want to hear the truth. And you're going to hear it. And the best way is to plead ignorance. But then the more you do it, the more fear comes in. And the fear factor, it's, it, it's so much, he was, he was so desperate about his death. He went to a witch. Why couldn't he go to a priest? Well, he killed them all. <laughs> Why couldn't he go to a prophet? <laughs> he said, he, he said you're going to kill me if I tell the truth. So he killed all the messengers. Now fear got him, and he committed suicide. Saul died with fear. God did not give him. That's not how it started out. When he started out, God gave him a brand new heart. Is that right? A brand new heart. A first anointing. He was powerful. He was anointed. I'm going to say to you folks, I'm going to shock you now, but ready for it? That's the seatbelt. When you are afraid to minister to God like you used to, something is wrong in your spirit. Something's wrong in your attitude. Because now there's problems, there's fear. Why is there fear? Fear of torment. John wasn't afraid to go up to Jesus and hug him. Peter wouldn't do that. Peter betrayed him. Think about it, folks. When you kiss the wrong, are they afraid of you? Sure they are. They're scared to death to face you. Conscious, screaming at them. They're telling them, oh, you're in trouble tonight. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to deprive you, whatever. And so fear comes in. And when the fear comes in, it has torment. It does. But if you do what's right and, and good, there's no fear. It's love. We're told what to fear. God says, don't fear him. Who can kill the body? We have no power after that. But fear him who can kill the spirit and the soul after the body is killed and put in hell. And yet, nobody in this church should be afraid of God. Everybody should see God as our Father, our Savior, our Seal, our Protector. Amen. And so, right now, God's on the mercy seat. Always is, even though people are afraid of it. All right? 
The reality is God may not change your situation or your circumstance. But God may use your circumstance or your situation to change what's in you, what he doesn't want there. And that's where the problem is. I watch people struggle with that. They struggle with the change that the crisis is bringing in their life. And yet that crisis, God told Paul, if I take that thorn out of your flesh, you might just be lost. So all the time God's trying to save me. Apostle Paul, by allowing Satan to buffet him. And he's praying to be unsaved, unsaved, by asking God to move this problem out of his life. Well, Pastor Neil, I've got the problem in my life, so I can't be in the choir no more. I can't, I can't, I can't teach no more. I can't do this anymore. Because this problem is in my life. But guess what? It's not going to leave. And so you're going to end up becoming a popular servant because the circumstance is not going to leave like tomorrow. Hello? Ben, you got a problem now. you got two problems now. Now you're on faithful story. All right? Jesus Christ despised the shame and the pain, but he endured for the joy that was set before him. Think about it. I think you folks are losing me. I can see that. You're very quiet. God has provided always a way of escape. I don't care what your problems in life, mine or yours. He said, He always provides a way out. Or give you and me the ability to bear our problems, our circumstance, our trial, our tribulation. He also said, I will never give you more than you're able to bear. Now, if I have those in their right perspective, in the right place, then I can face anything. Because I know my God is not putting me in the pressure point or the boiler point for me to blow up and blow out. I believe God is working on me. Even the most unlikely too. Sometimes God uses unlikely relationships to, 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 to get out of you what doesn't want in you. Sometimes God uses your work situation. Your own family. <laughs> I mean, hey, with a Joseph family, when you're on the throne, it took those boys to do what they did to him to make him king. Oh, I will be king. But who could tell Joseph that? He wouldn't believe it. He can't see it. <laughs> That's not wrong for being king. And who? Job didn't know that God is bragging on him. I mean, God is going to the fuss here. And God said, I know Job God would never do those things. I'll tell you that. And, 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 you know, God said, go ahead and do it. I mean, God gave permission to do it. Hello? And, and God wouldn't even talk to Job. I mean, God chose to talk to Satan, but not to Job. Think about it. And the sad part is, there's always some old messenger that can come the sad story don't want to hear. You think I have enough problems in my life? The least I need right now is one more guy come and tell me what's wrong with my family. 
But I'm the only one that's going to tell you. I don't need this here. Get out of my life. God said, I've always had a way of escape for you what you're going through. I give you tools to deal with it. I give you the whole armor of God to defend your situation. And I give you a man of God to show you knowledge. I don't need it. But what? I can't see. I can't work it out. Amen. You say amen. So, fear come and hurt us. Fear rob us of being too. I learned by experience that God used my problems and my pain to make me perfect. Tribulation gives patience. Trials and tribulations, nobody escaped. God did not promise anybody on this earth exemption. He promised you protection. But I... I'm not going to exempt you from crisis. That's why I believe. Now, folks, don't stole me. Homeschooling. A good idea, but it doesn't work. That kid is just as pornographically corrupt as the guy going to school out there. His mind is just as filthy as the guy out there. And the first chance they get, look what they do. Terrible thing. Rotten things. Oh, but I see men take their daughters and sons in big congregations, brag on how they can go to public school and survive. They lift up the standard. They were provoked. They were hurt. They were ridiculed. But they held the fort. And they were examples. Because God did not isolate them by exemption. God insulate them and teach them how to choose the right and reject the wrong. You can't hide your kids from the devil. It's impossible. Oh, Lord. Help me tonight. I'm going to change my profession. I said, you can't hide your kids from the devil. He will visit your child like he visited baby Jesus. Like he visited Moses. Hello? What's going to save your kids is how you respect the faith. Lewis and Eunice pass on to their kids what they have. Boys and Abraham Lloyd went down to his boys and girls. Alright? Why? You know, Brother Wilson was here. I got two daughters. He said, Brother Neil, they're still a virgin. And he says, I sent them to public school. Does God rebuke me from anything different? He said, And God said to me, And how will they be a witness for me? When you isolate them. And how will they handle the world when you take them out of that school and have to face the world? How will they face the world? They have no, no experience. You said, at school, my girls bring in so many young people to church 
that my church is full of girls that are converted because his daughters brought them to church. He says, all the young people in this church is girls brought them in. How many does our homeschooling kids bring to church? How many? I don't know many. You know many? Well, only they want for God. I'm asking you, folks. Be honest. I'm going to teach their friend about a study. In fact, they're the same time to go to church. Most times they are. When Terry kids, they're all in the church, all in the school, public school, all dead. All his kids are in church. in there. Put vows in them. Now some folks don't want to go to the pastor. They do their own thing. I think you should. You should do what you feel comfortable doing. But all the kids I know that are living for God are went to public school. And they win people to And they win their dress the right way. And they're dressed right. At school, she's going hard down. I was thinking of Sister Elsie. My sister was not saved. And one was scared. They start tormenting her. And she's at school. It's called Pastor Neil. And so I wrote her a letter. It says, You know, push my girl. She can wear pants. She don't wear it. It's her faith. And if she mounts all her religion, you can touch her. And she won. And she graduated. And she married a virgin. And she married a good guy. And her husband's a pastor. And then we have people for God. Hello? It can be done. I'm not afraid of the devil. Why should I be afraid of him? Why? Because, see, God don't want me to be tormented by him. When we forget that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, when you can say, I don't want to go to school because they're going to torment me, you don't want to back. He's fearing the wrong person. Kid, you fear God. And here's how you deal with the devil. Here's how you deal with a bully. Here's how you deal with the situation. And you teach them the way they should go. You say, train them in the way they should go. Don't teach them to be cowards. Somewhere God told me when I was in for God, if you don't come to the devil here, and you move over here or there, I learned I might as well stand sure footed and beat them with the word of God because he will flee from me. God says he will flee. 
But some folks don't wait for them to flee. They flee. Think about it. All right? <coughs> Boy, it's pretty quiet around here. When we forget, it said, Where is he that is in us? Not the guy standing out there. Who, who quote those scriptures? Who quote it? You know, Pastor, if my kids go to school, they're going to have evil influences. That's the real world. That's the real world. Jesus Christ sent us into the world to win the world. He says, I know I sent you among scorpions and serpents. Amen. We need to know if we're tired of being fearful. No weapon is written, Satan. No weapon that's formed against me, child of God. Shall prosper. I stand sure footed on that scripture. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm facing my crisis with Jesus Christ. I'm going before the devil, not isolated, but insulated. I'm going to face it. All right? God says, I told you I'd give you a way of escape. I'm going to provide one. But you don't take it. You don't take it. If you borrow the wrong person, Ain't got thorn in your flesh, but up with it. So something happened. So stay with God. You got the wrong job? Don't quit. Stay with it. God give you that job. You're in debt? Well, don't curse it. You better come to Stay the covenant. You can meet in debt. Hello? But ask God to use whatever you're going through to mold me and shape me. Because they always meant evil. God can turn things around. Oh, come on. God can turn things around. Praise God. Praise God. Alright? God said, I gave you the shield of faith. And the Bible says, Some have thrown faith over board. And they go on shipwreck. The best way is to stay from backsliding is to stay involved with the things of God. You got no time to think negative. Get busy for God. Get busy in the choir. Get busy in, in worship service. Get busy in Sunday school teaching. You're witnessing. Give them attraction. And you're so busy, you forgot you're in trouble. <laughs> well, hallelujah. And why are you fighting God, God, God's battle is fighting for you on the other hand? Let's worship God. <laughs> Joseph had no idea this was the last day going to be in prison. But God called for him. You know what I'm saying? God said he proved them. I still don't think Joseph knows God wrote that about him. Can he tell him? Tell us. God said he proved them. Right? We know what, friend? The blessing always outweighs the problem. Alright? Tell the devil, I'm not inferior. Tell your boss, I'm not inferior. Who are your problems you're afraid of? Say, I'm not inferior to you. I'm well chosen. <laughs> You see, it's how you, it's how you approach the situation. You know, someone says, well, I'm ADHD. Don't believe that nonsense. Don't tell your kid that. You know, well, I'm FAS. So what? I'm FACE. <laughs> you want to buy some labels? Go on if you want to. I would tell my kid about labels. Those guys, they trying to, to, to prescribe what my kid is. 
They're wrong. They call Jesus Beelzebub. Was he Beelzebub? Was he a wine bibber? What do you think your baby got ADHD? Your child is a gift from God. God didn't give himself inferior gift. Let's worship Jesus. God promised never to expose me to a break point. So whatever I'm going through, God said, you can't bear it. If I could, you would not have been there in the first place. I believe that. I believe that, church in those hands. So you know what you're going through. You can go through it. And you can be victorious. But you may choose not to put up with it and fail God. What? Once you do that, now the fear comes in. Worry. Anxiety. Depression. And so on. Tonight, challenge your fear with faith. Okay. A lot of things I want in life done, but I know it could cost cash. And I'm not stupid. I know at my time in life, there's certain things I must not do. I can't jump in and do it and then say, God, unspoken request. God said, You can me, you know you should have done that. And I put up with the problem for a long time. God is not going to bail you out like a like a, a rescue, you know, mission where you act foolishly. No, he won't. No, he won't. He wants you to go through it first and learn a lesson that you don't repeat it. Praise God. Amen. All right. We fa- we fail to win. We're going to do it. Trust and escape route that God chose. I want to tell you, people, do not go around and tell people off and try to correct your kids. Don't you ever hear in this church demand a saint to apologize to your child. If I know, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Don't you ever do that. You destroy a culture when you do that. Amen. Praise God. And you got to teach your kids also that they, on their level, are going to overcome the world too. They got to deal with the world also. They got crisis they got to deal with. They're saying no to temptation. I don't care what you do. You can't isolate from the devil. He will show up. He'll sit at the mouth. In chapter 12 Revelation, of the womb with a child to be born to devour that kid. Amen. Now you want to lie to yourself? Go ahead if you want to. But you can't save your kid. You can't give tools to be saved. You can't guarantee them salvation. You can't. It's impossible. God don't give you that power. God gives the power to train and teach. As far as you can go. And the rest, they make up their mind which way they want to go. Ooh, hallelujah. What a sad story tonight, eh? 1 Samuel 18, 12, and 19. Go there. It's a Saul fear David. What did he fear of David? Kids, don't you know your behavior 
Accept their correction. It's a man. You're, you're a special child. You're different. You're different. Hello? Well, Saul was afraid of David because David behaved himself wisely. Now, church, before I close tonight, I read a lot of folks walk out this door on me, many of them. But I've also have in my ministry a lesson called You Build on What's Left. Call a remnant. Amen. You can't help people who reject counsel. We can do about it. A, a, a lawyer can't defend you if you lie to him. Can he? Mark ain't got to help you if you reject his methods. Hello? So, we teach our kids and ourselves doctrine. Now, fear not. Gossip. Fear not, Brother Neil. Fear not. You know, we closed down a lot of churches. I don't like that. A lot of our men closed the churches because they, they got discouraged and they got down and out. But you know why? We, we, we have been fooled in believing that numbers mean approval. A bonus of cash in the pocket means God's with you. No. You know, all God asks the church, the church to do is to be a witness. Sorry for me. You guys have to build a kingdom of, of your own. To be a witness to me. And what if nobody wanted to come to this building? And you wait for 400 years. Well, bless God, welcome to the knowing message ministry. 120 years. Nobody believed. Was he a failure? No. No. But when their fear came, what happened to them? They drowned. When his fear came, he built an ark. They feared the consequences. He feared the God of Israel. Right? Wasn't Israel God yet. But he feared the true God. And what happened? God gave him an ark and he built right and God blessed him. I'm trying to tell you, church, if you are alone and nobody else on your school ground or in your job believe what you believe, you don't let down for them. You don't lose your identity. Well, I fear they're going to persecute me. I fear they won't promote me. I fear they won't give me what I want. I fear this. I fear I won't be in the inner circle. I fear this and I fear that. Come on, church. Come on. All God wants is a Daniel. A Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who will not fear the king's wrath or the decree and say, we'll stand for God even if it means alone. Praise God. So, we got doctrine. We're going to be courageous. we put in the whole armor of God. We're going to love truth and also stand for what's right. Now, this is a beautiful thing I want to point out to you here. Number one, tell yourself right now, I'm going through what I'm going through. Not because I'm not special. I'm special to God. But because I'm special doesn't mean God exempt me 
from those situations. You can build the best wife in the world, and your husband is like a having your husband. You can be a weak husband like a Ahab, and a wife like a Jezebel. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you, folks. Israel, in closing, was so afraid to pronounce the name of God that they would not even call that name. And they eventually forget that name. I stand. Well, Pastor, I don't mind being in the choir, but I fear the, the platform standard that you have in that church. I'm not prepared to dress like that. I don't mind to your Sunday school, but I'm not prepared for those brats. Hello? Well, Pastor... I love music, but I'm not going to spend no extra time than when I come to prayer meeting, Bible study, and so on. I ain't going to practice. I ain't got time for that nonsense. It's not necessary. You know, and, and then they put fear in your heart. Well, if I don't do it, they won't think much of me. And they torment you. Pretty soon you don't go to church, they feel they're picking on me. You know, they're, they're folks afraid to come through that door, fearing to be preached preach on. And I think to myself, well, those guys are something else. Why would a preacher go home and spend all that week just wondering what to say to you? Are you that special? Yes, you are, but not like that special. But a whole sermon is on you. No, sir, come on. We know what the devil wants to put fear in our heart. Backsliders would love to come back to God, but fear keep them out. Fear of how the big brother will treat them. Oh, the prodigal son, father, embraced him, fresh out of the pigsty. We still embrace him. I'm well, past he's letting down the standard now. He's he's trying to reach, and I've been here all this time. Never treat me that way. Look at those young men. People are fearful of through that. People are fearful of accepting leadership. You know why? Because the criticism from the pulpit. I mean, the, the pew. People in the pew. Rassling. Give them a hard time. People are afraid to take on responsibility. Come when they do it, they become target number one for the church to be shooting at. Criticism. The spectators, in fact. Fear. Fear. Play a new song, because we don't need that song. Too much practice required to learn that song. But you've got anything you want if you like. No church. Or the usher. Well, I ain't going to that church because the usher, they don't like him. <laughs> Always tell me what to do. You know, he's on a trip, a power trip. Yes, you were for act two, I guess. I'm still glad nobody 